Hello, good morning. Welcome to the Queen's a message from the King's Zoom event. Apologies for the technical difficulties experienced earlier, but we have surpassed and prevailed. Hello, welcome, good morning, good night. It's just fantastic to have you on the platform this morning. Queen's lockdown series continues. I'm gonna do a bit of housekeeping. I'm a bit thrown this morning because of all our technical difficulties, so just bear with me. Please have your pens, pads, notebooks ready to take down some good, good notes. You'll get lots of information on the platform. Please post any questions into the chat. I've got my fantastic co-host, Nadia from the Black Health Group, who will be monitoring the chat for me. I've got the phenomenal Rudy James. He's been helping with the technical difficulties we've had. So we're, we are good to go. So I'll tell you a little bit about the um, Queen's Walking Group. So we are predominantly a walking group. We um, formulated, <clears throat> excuse me, back in June, 2020. Um, so one week we walk and we line dance, line dance somewhere in Southeast London. Another week we um, do line dancing and we do um, leg bumps and tons. So we alternate. Um, to cut a long story short, when the government um, said, you know, only one person could be with another person from a different household to um, exercise, we had to stop. So we've been Zooming and I've had to learn to Zoom pretty quick. So we've been Zooming since last November and we've done a whole raft of different Zooms. So we've done Queens, Black Hair Rocks, which was absolutely fantastic. And we had a wonderful panel of um, five individuals within the hair indus industry because who knows about our hair more than us so that was a fantastic session so we've done a part one and a part two we've had another spin-off from that where we've had um, queens and that was um, with a trichologist talking about locks alopecia traction um, so another phenomenal session. We've done Queens, We Ain't Crazy, It's Under the Menopause, part one and part two. We've done Queens, Breaking the Silence. Let's talk about mental health. We've done Queens, Stop Eating the Fridge, um, talking about diet and lifestyle and nutrition. And a spin-off from that, we completed back in February um, the Queen's Intermittent 30-Day Fasting Challenge with the amazing Joe Dash from The Melanin Effect. Um, 60 of us and we've had some incredible results one lady lost I think about 20 pounds so that's been an, an amazing experience we're actually doing March 30-day intermittent fasting which was for the kings and I think we've got two kings in the group which is amazing we need to get our brothers more involved in the things that we're doing especially around health we've had a couple of um, black business events and we did an event last Saturday, which was called Queens, supporting our children um, in the crisis. And that was amazing. And we also had some phenomenal young entrepreneurs, the youngest being seven years old with his own clothing line and the Dream Big range, SP Creations, absolutely fantastic. So we've done a lot of really incredible Zooms and it's been an amazing, an amazing journey. And we've had fun. We've, you know, it's been educational, it's been thought-provoking, and we've got lots more coming up. So we've got Zooms, Queens, International, Black Hair Rocks. And that session, it's going to be wow. And when I say wow, we're gonna have barbers, we're gonna have beauticians, we're gonna have people from the hair industry, we're gonna have a whole wealth of people within our community 
that know about different products that they can share with us on the platform. The Queen's Health Series talks will continue. So we did a session a couple of weeks ago called um, Queen's um, Health Talk on fibroids, endometriosis and polycystic ovaries. Again, another phenomenal session. We're gonna do another couple of black business events. We're gonna do Queen's Young Gifted and Black. We're gonna actually do Queen's A Spiritual Retreat on a platform. So all these things and more you know, are gonna be coming up. So we have some amazing Zoom sessions planned for you. So to hear about future Queen's walking group events, please follow us on Eventbrite. This session is being recorded, so it will be uploaded onto our YouTube channel, which is Queen's 2020 Lockdown Series. Yeah, so please get ready to like, subscribe, share, comment. We welcome you on the platform. So anything that you've missed, just go up onto the YouTube channel and you should be able to find us. Yeah. So let me check in. All our panelists are now on the platform. So if you could say a quick hello and then we'll kick off. So say a quick hello. Robin Walker Acker, the Black History Man, is here in the house. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning to everybody. Morning. We also have Mr. Clive Saunders, OB, JP, and Magistrate. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Derek DeCutter Clement. Good morning, everyone. Wonderful. Rudy Page, multi award winning management consultant, mentor, and coach. I've seen Hugh, I know he's here. I've seen, I've seen you, Rudy. Hugh Myers. Good, good morning, everyone. I, I was on mute. Thank you, Joe. Okay, you're here. Hugh Myers, our wonderful resident psychotherapist, relationship coach. Hugh Myers is here, is here. Good morning, all. Good morning, all. And Leon Martian. Leon, university lecturer and co-founder of the Hidden Science Academy. Morning, all. Morning, morning. You sound a bit croaky there, Leon. <laughs> First thing in the morning, you know, that's how it sounds. <laughs> You sound good. You sound good. Welcome to the platform. Thank so you. next week is International Women's Day. And it's really a recognition, you know, of all the struggles women, girls have around the world. And I thought when I was pulling this panel together, and I know that look, there's going to be lots of stuff going on, and we've got some phenomenal women motivational speakers. But for me, behind every good woman, yeah, or behind every woman, there's normally a good man. And we have kings in our community who are patting us on the back, who are singing from the rafters, praising us as women, lifting us up, yeah, for the true queens that we are. So I'm just so honoured, privileged and grateful that I've been able to pull this fantastic panel of kings together for us. So International Women's Day, us black queens, it's going to be absolutely fantastic this morning. And it's been wonderful just to hear from the kings, you know, what does International Women's Day mean for them? Yeah. As queens, we can be stronger and more powerful when we work together. Our panel of kings come with a message and we will talk about International Women's Day, what it means to us, how we as queens can raise awareness to support 
the advancements of fellow queens and how we can inspire ourselves and inspire other queens. There is greatness in all of us. So kings, I'm going to ask Robin Walker, who's going to be our first panellist to present for us. So Robin, are you ready, my dear? Very nearly. One thing, can, can somebody make me co-host so that I've got more power when it comes to screen sharing? You can screen share. I've said it for you already. You can screen share. Yeah, but it, it, it doesn't give me all the options. That's why. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. okay. It, it oh. gives me options, but not enough. So if you can make me a co-host, we, we winning. Okay. All right, then. Let me, um, let me find you. Hold on. It's done, sir. You are now a co-host. Still not letting me do what I want to do, but let's just do it anyway. No, I've done it. Yeah, it might take a little thing. But you're definitely a co-host. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Robin, and your journey? I'm going to be doing that in the presentation, you know. Oh, all right then. I'm not, I'm not rushing you. Oh, you're there. You're there. Let's make it a little bit bigger for us. That's it. Wonderful. You are good to go, I think. Okay. <clears throat> First of all, greetings, everybody. Uh, we here to celebrate International Women's Day. We here to big up the Queen's and I'm gonna play my role in that. I'm gonna speak very briefly, I'm gonna speak for about 10 minutes on two powerful black history icons. And the idea of taking two, can you see that there's a book cover right next to it called 30 Black History Icons, 500 Years of Global Black Influencers. And this was written by me and the team. So why are we here? We're here to give a male perspective on the female issue. And my thing is, is we men have to represent and we have to big up the women and hopefully I'm gonna do something like that. Now, my name is Robin Walker. I'm also known as the Black History Man. And my proudest moment was handing a copy of my book to the then Jamaican Prime Minister, the Right Honorable Portia Simpson Miller OM. And there she is with a copy of my book on her lap. And I have to big up my team. Um, the people that put this book together are Paula Perry, Vanika Marshall, Anthony Vaughan, uh, and then me. I put the edit on it, but they were the people that did the research. So the research I'm going to be presenting is their research. And ultimately, what you're going to get from the presentation is you're going to learn empowering information on Black history. This is going to be a visual feast, and this will change your perspective on Black history to the extent that I've got 10 minutes to hit it and quit. Uh, by the way, can people um, give me some feedback? Can you hear what I'm saying? Yes, they can hear. Robert. Can hear all of that? Yes. Good stuff. Yeah. Now, when it comes to Black history, a lot of us have got bars on our brains that says, Black history, what Black history? And it's a limiting belief, because if you don't believe there's any such thing as black history, it's the same as mental slavery. And when you come across mental slavery, you've got to break through 
those limiting beliefs. So let's break through those bars. And let me also talk about the book, 30 Black History Icons. It has 30 biographies of 30 great black individuals over the past 500 years, structured into 31 hour classes. A lot of people are talking about decolonizing the curriculum and they say, but where's the material to decolonize the curriculum? Here is the material. It's going for 12 pounds and it is available from amazon.com. So you might wanna screenshot the book, 30 Black History Icons. All right, so my very first queen then is Mary Edmonia Lewis, and she was a sculptor. And the objective here is to study the impact of the first giant of black women's art. Do we know of this giant? Who is this giant? What was she bringing to the table? Okay, let me introduce a film. Today's Black History Month, FYI, celebrates the first professional black sculptor, Edmonia Lewis, a woman. Born in 1844, her young life was marred by tragedies, from being orphaned at a young age to being targeted for her race while attending Oberlin College. She fled to Boston and learned to sculpt. And then at a time when black people were still enslaved in America, she moved to Rome, Italy, where she became a superstar of the art world. People on both sides of the Atlantic paid thousands for her sculptures and iconic figures from Frederick Douglass to President Ulysses S. Grant lined up to meet her. Lewis's most famous work, The Death of Cleopatra, was unveiled at the Philadelphia Exposition in 1876. It's beautiful. Did yeah. Jay show that? It's beautiful. It's great. It's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. That was me election night. Wow. It's cool. She's very pretty. So the big question is, is what is the importance of the film excerpt? Uh, if you have an opinion on why you think that piece of film is important, uh, put it in the chat and perhaps someone could read it to me. I'm going to give you uh, 30 seconds to put any ideas in the chat uh, and uh, perhaps one of the organizers could read what people think about that film excerpt. Is there anything in the chat? Not at the moment, not at the moment. Acknowledgement. Nobody has a comment. Yes, no, acknowledgement, uh, celebrate black excellence, bring awareness of our greatness, our greats, excellent insight to an unknown, creativity. That's okay, thanks for those comments. No, no, big respect to everybody for contributing. All right, so what do we know? Mary Edmonia Lewis was the first woman of African heritage to achieve international fame as a sculptor. Now she was one quarter Native American, and that's important to our story. Her sculptures were in the neoclassical style, draped in robes rather than wearing 19th century clothing. Her father was a black Haitian. Her mother was African-American and Native American. Now, when her parents died, her Native American aunts, adopted her and gave her a Native American name, Wildfire. In 1864, she launched her first solo exhibition and her work paid homage to the white abolitionists and civil rights heroes, uh, excuse me, civil war heroes of the day. People like the very great John Brown and Colonel Robert Gould Shaw. Her work was so well received that with her success, she was able to travel to Rome, Italy, and she lived in Italy for a while and she blew up uh, in Europe. 
So what did she bring to the table? There's an art historian called Sharon F. Patton, and she says, her heroes and heroines were culled from the cultural margins of Western society and assumed pivotal roles in an alternative narrative about America. Uh, the womenshistory.com website says, she had some success, especially for her depictions of African, African-American or Native American people. Egyptian themes were, at the time, considered representations of Black Africa. Her work has been criticized for the Caucasian look of many of her female figures, though their costuming is considered more ethnically accurate. So let's take a look at some of her masterpieces. This one's called Hagar in the Wilderness, and this was made in 1868. Is that not exquisite? And this is the, the one that really blew it up for her. It's called The Death of Cleopatra, 1875. Now you can see that in both cases, these are ancient Egyptian figures, but the faces have been seriously Caucasianized. And I think what um, Mary Edmonia Lewis was doing was, if you're going to sell this stuff, and you're going to sell this stuff to European buyers, uh, make your work different, but don't shock people too much. In other words, don't frighten the horses. And I think that's what's going on here. So what happened next? Her work commanded large sums of money, and she continued to receive international acclaim until her death in 1911. She died in London, and she's buried in Highgate Cemetery. And then since her death, her work has continued to be displayed. So there's the Art of the American Negro Exhibition, Chicago, 1940. You had the Howard University Exhibition in 1967. You had the Vassar College, New York Exhibition, 1972. You had Edmonia Lewis and Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Images and Identities Exhibition, uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, 1995. And then you had the Wildfire Test Pit at Oberlin College, Ohio. 2016 to 2017. The name Wildfire is her Native American name given to her by her Native American aunts. All right, and Google have commemorated her. Now, hope you're all sitting down. Hope you're all sitting down because I don't want any heart attacks now. I don't want any shock right now. Here it is, here it is. Are we feeling that? So, uh, Google, did this thing where, you know, Google, they have a, a what's called the Google Doodle. And here we have her commemorated and the sculpture that she's making is the death of Cleopatra. Okay, now my second queen is Augusta Savage. She was a sculptor and educator, and she is the second giant of black women's art. And our starter activity, uh, this is some black and white film footage from back in the day, and it's going to be accompanied by music. Check this out.
Okay, what was the importance of the film excerpt? Same thing, if you've got something to say, put your ideas in the chat. Perhaps um, someone can read to me what's in the chat. I'm gonna give you 20 seconds to type furiously what you think the importance of the film excerpt was. What did it mean to you? What emotional impact did it have? What scholarly impact did it have? All right, has anyone got anything to say? Um, organizers, people, tell me what's in the chat. Beautiful, this is wonderful, outstanding. It live, it, it's live history in motion, celebrating excellence, raw talent, amazing like spiritual sculpture, uh, so inspiring and uplifting. Uh, black history at its finance, finest, sorry. Um, sculpture of a black person um, features. Uh, how life like, and she's got the nose right. Uh, using angles to portray realistic images. Black art has a certain spiritual connection. Positive image of black women, amazing. You know, it's it, true black features. Wow. Okay, that's what we've got. And Respect more. to that. All right, so who is Augusta Savage? Okay, Augusta Savage um, was an award-winning African-American artist, and she produced her most famous works at the time of the Harlem Renaissance. Um, at the end of the presentation, I'm gonna go in on what the Harlem Renaissance was, and why the Harlem Renaissance was so important. Her sculptures were known for their sensitivity, realism, and expression. And unlike earlier African-American artists, she did not Europeanize the features in her sculptures. As great as her work was, however, most of it has been lost. She could only afford to cast in plaster and not in metal. And the result is a lot of great masterpieces that should have survived didn't. Okay, her backstory. She was born to a church minister father who believed that artistic expression was sinful. You know, the whole thing about thou shalt not make graven images. But she continued anyway, sculpting as a child using local red clay. Her work was lauded, but much of it has been lost. And in 1921, she moved to Harlem, which was the capital of black America, and enrolled at the Cooper Union for the Advancement of Science and Art. She completed the four-year program in three and quickly embarked on an art career. She was commissioned to create several sculptures, including busts of the very great W.E.B. Du Bois and the very great, the Honorable Marcus Garvey. Savage won a scholarship to the Fontainebleau School of the Fine Arts near Paris in 1923. But when they found out she was black, they withdrew the offer and that created a scandal. W.E.B. Du Bois got in on it. Uh, the black press got in on it. It was, a, it was a national scandal. Any case, 1929, she did go to Paris and she obviously learned some French. And as part of a prestigious fellowship, she won a famous prize for a piece of work she did called Gamin. And Gamin, uh, I, I, I can't speak French, so that, give that a French pronunciation. It means street urchin, and it's a life-size bronze bust de depicting one of her nephews. 
When she returned to Harlem in the 1930s, Savage focused on teaching and founded her own school of art, the Savage Studio of Arts and Crafts. One of her earliest commissions was a sculpture for the World's Fair of 1939, inspired by the Black National Anthem, the Black American National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. And that's what it looked like on the front of W.E.B. Du Bois's newspaper, The Crisis. And here we see two images of her making it, and you can see it's made to look like a harp. So some people call the sculpture the harp. And can you see it's actually two stories high if you put it together? So how important was it? Here you see a postcard of it. Let's read. The nearly two-story tall sculpture graced the important visual arts pavilion and has been reported as the most popular artwork at the fair. Hundreds of miniature bronze reproductions were sold along with thousands of postcards. 45 million people attended the fair, uh, says an article at jacksonmagazine.com. Uh, we also read, no funds were available to cast the harp, nor were there any faculties to store it, facilities to store it. After the fair closed, it was demolished, as was all the art, says the Smithsonian American Art Museum. So this wonderful piece of work, let's take a look again, was actually demolished afterwards. Now, it's since been recast, but the fact that something so important and monumental and can you see here, it looks like a church choir, and it's a black church choir, made to look like a harp, hence the phrase, lift every voice and sing. Now, gamin, uh, again, people that can speak French can give me the proper pronunciation, meaning street urchin. Now, here's um, her nephew, and you can see that his cap is tilted to the side, giving you a two call for school type of attitude, is that not exquisite? All right, now I'm gonna wrap it up. Finally, I'd like to introduce the book where this research was done. The research was done by Vanika Marshall, Paula Perry and Anthony Vaughan. And then what I did was put an edit on it. We wanted to produce material that 30 hours of teaching and learning material for parents and teachers of high school students. Moreover, it is unlikely that you adults know this information so you can teach yourself. And we have 30 biographies over 500 years. I've just introduced you to two of them, structured into 31 hour classes. And this book is going for 12 pounds, available from amazon.com. So you can type in amazon.com right now, 30 black history icons. The book is live. And when you see me or the team, we'll sign it. Now, can I say fairer than that? And so bigging up two queens, two powerful black icons for International Women's Day, I'm out. Thank you very much. Robin, the chat is just blowing up. The people want more, even I want more. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your presentation. And what I will say- What I call our African queens.
because I think we have to reclaim our legacy and uh, um, um, I'll come back to that in a minute. So I would say it gives me great pleasure today in celebrating our African Queens and their contributions. And to go back to what I've just said, Peter Tosh said, no matter where you come from, you're an African. And that's what we're here uh, today. I said to Joan that I was gonna to talk to you today about the impact on my life our, of our Queens. And that's what I'm now going to do. Uh, as Joan has said, Monday is International Women's Day. And we also have Mother's Day at the end of next week. But for me, every day is International Women's Day. We have to celebrate uh, the contribution and the continuing impact of our African Queens. I mean, uh, Robin has mentioned a couple of uh, those people. Um, I'm going to talk about a number of others who may not have that profile, but for me, the impact has been just as significant. I have a lot to celebrate and to be thankful for. My wife is one of those African queens and she's been my greatest critic, my greatest friend and my greatest supporter all at the same time. I have a daughter, Fiola. She's actually with us today. Um, and I now have a granddaughter, Ruby. Uh, they make me very proud and, and, and very happy uh, day after day. I have three sisters, numerous cousins, and they bring me joy and they continue to inspire me. Uh, you could reasonably uh, argue from what I've already said, that that is all the blessing that any man needs, and that may be true, but I don't know. I don't know because I have so many more. Uh, I, so I've been so much more blessed. Some of the blessings I, I know is reflected by the people uh, or quite a number of people that I know is in the audience with us today. My family has been there for me, uh, but over the years, my life has been influenced by those queens who have been modest to me and those who have been and remain my friends. Sadly, uh, in some cases, people, some of those queens have ended their journeys. I'm gonna kind of reflect on some of the, the what I call my queen and my mothers who, uh, who've, uh, uh, had an impact on me over the years. And I, I can't start anywhere but start with my grandmother, my first African queen. If I have any strength, that comes from the foundation and the principles that she instilled in me. She taught me self-reliance, self-respect, compassion, kindness, respect for others, love and understanding. She also told me that you should or never do anything to others that you would not wish to be done uh, for to yourself. She was a real African queen, a real inspiration. My mother, of course, uh, sadly, no longer here in the flesh, but always here in my memories. Uh, she was on a constant support, always there. Um, in fact, on occasion, she just turned up at my doorstep because she wanted to make sure that I was well. I went to Birmingham to study some years ago and uh, I stayed with a cousin, uh, my cousin Myrtle. Um, and rightly or wrongly, she decided I needed to be looked after. And to this day, she's still looking after me, uh, always checking up on me, seeing how, how I have been. Uh, 
I've also had a pleasure of having a number of uh, modelly uh, uh, queens uh, who have not been related to me, but like Mrs. Olive Brown, who I met in Reading more than 35 years ago, Mrs. Brown decided that I was to be adopted as her fourth child. And I remained in that kind of vein in her life right up until uh, the end of her life recently, at the, the very tender age of 97. Um, and up until a few weeks before she died, she was still calling me and giving me encouragement and checking on how old I am. I've lived in Watford for over uh, near 30 years now. And uh, when I first came to Watford, one of my inspiration was uh, a lady called Altia McLean, OBE, uh, who's uh, now sadly deceased too. Uh, I've also had someone called Cynthia Dixon, and another one called Proline McFarlane. And as long as I've been here, and as long as they've been around and able to offer support, they've been there supporting me throughout. Uh, those are just a few of those people that I've highlighted, and we could probably spend all day talking about um, those and more. Uh, these mothers have always been there for me, to support me, to lift me up, to feed me, to inspire me. But I have to say, the story doesn't end there. My friends, my African queens, they're too numerous to name, but include some of you who are here today. No matter how far away we may, we may be at times, I know that you've been there for me, pushing me to aim higher, telling me to say no, uh, as in fact, uh, I know a few of you have said to me more recently with a Zoom area. Uh, so uh, Clive, you've got to say no. You can't keep on saying yes. Uh, always keeping in touch whether or not uh, these friends are near and far. So I would say that over the years, and some of you may know me going back quite a way back, I've been involved in a range of community organizations. Uh, in my early 20s, I was one of the people involved in an organization in Birmingham that uh, probably none of you would have heard of called Afro People's Organization. It was an organization of young people uh, who wanted to uplift their community. And from there, I was involved in the Arambi organization and housing association. Uh, Harambe used to have a bookshop on Grove Lane. I was actually one of those people that, you may not believe it, was actually a part of uh, the Pan-African Congress movement or PACM has been called. Uh, more recently and over quite a few <laughs> recent years, I have been involved in the Watford African Caribbean Association as I've previously mentioned, and was involved in the starting up of our, our supplementary school. Reflecting on all of those things that I've just mentioned, the one thing that's been constant has been the involvement of our African queens. None of those things would have made any difference whatsoever. And in every instance, they have made a great difference if it wasn't for the pivotal role that our African queens have played in, in those achievements. Um, again, some of those people that have traveled on that journey with me are here uh, with us today too. And I salute them as I always do, I hope. Um, I think I have to kind of mention the fact that uh, I um, 
as you as Jones mentioned, I've got an OBE. And as I've already indicated, I've worked in the community for a lot of years, over 40 years, uh, uh, really. Um, and uh, I have to say, an award was never something that was on my agenda. Um, one of the things that I recognize when I came here from Jamaica, where I was born, uh, is the fact that as, as African people, uh, we needed to uplift ourselves and we needed to help ourselves. And I learned back then in the 1970s uh, that we had to, to fight for what we needed. Uh, so I was involved in some of the stuff around um, Rhodesia, uh, now Zimbabwe, and actually saying that we as a people, we needed to uh, be out there and actually um, not waiting for other people to do for us. So from an early um, age, I believe that we need to get involved in our community uh, to make uh, a real difference. Um, so I was sort of uh, looking to give back. And to be honest, when I reflect back on what has gone on, I realize that actually I gained a lot more than what I gave. Uh, than what I gave. So giving back, um, I never gave to receive, but in fact, I could say I probably received more than I ever gave. To come back to the OBE though, um, three African queens, uh, three of my very good friends, for some reason whatsoever, decided that I, decide, I deserve to be recognized. And I say it in the nicest possible way, they, they conspired together to nominate me for some award. Uh, I had no idea that they were, they were doing this uh, until I, have, I received a letter uh, asking me if I was willing to accept uh, this, this award. Um, as I say, it wasn't something that I was looking for. I was uh, certainly very surprised when it happened. And I quickly had to think about whether or not I wanted to accept this award or not. It didn't take me very long because actually what I realized once I had received this um, letter was it was my friends, uh, this cons conspirators who had actually put this case together. And they put that case together out of their love for me. And it was a lot of love that went into that process. It was African love and I couldn't uh, say no. I have to say that uh, the whole of my life has been full of the impact of African queens who have been there for me forever, day in, day out, always lifting me up. I don't know what it is that I've done to deserve uh, all of that uh, love, but I know it's made a great impact and it's made a real difference to my life. I would certainly, in trying to bring this to a close, say that I, I'd like to think that I've always been supportive of my African queens and I will always, always con continue to do so. 
However, there are some of those people who are here, and I think they can speak for themselves. I don't think I need to uh, speak for them. They'll they'll probably put something in the chat as to whether I'm talking nonsense or whether there's any sense in what I've said. So, um, Monday is International Women's Day. And the weekend is Mother's Day. And on uh, those occasions, as I do every day, I really want to celebrate our African queens today and every day. Uh, you continue to make a real impact. You're not always recognized for what you do, but I like to think I recognize that. And we have to come together and celebrate uh, what we have all done together. The future is about us recognizing that we're stronger together. The association that I uh, chair at the moment, uh, it's, uh, its motto is together we can achieve. I'm pleased that we've organized this, to get this day today, that we brought our queens together and our kings together too uh, today, because actually we are going to have to achieve what we achieve uh, together. And uh, too often, some of our kings have abandoned their crowns and uh, I've heard it said, for example, and I'll not, never forget this, uh, some uh, chap went on a radio station to say that, uh, sorry, there's a black man who went on a radio station to say that black women are ugly. I mean, I think that is, it was either blind or couldn't see in the very first place. And I'm sorry for those kinds of personalities. Uh, we have some of the most beautiful queens that, well, we have the most beautiful queens that there is around. And I'm always going to celebrate that. And I think on that note, I think I'll hand back to you, Joan. Queen, oh, King, King Clive. Oh, that was just so heart touching. And you said so many things that really resonate with me. We need to uplift our queens. You know, together we are stronger. We can't do things on our own. So you touched on so many poignant points that resonate with me. We are stronger together, most definitely. And thank you for just lifting us up. Absolutely beautiful presentation. I'm going to quickly move along now to Derek DeCutter. Clement, are you in the... I am indeed. Thank you, you, are. you I did. How are you, my darling? I'm good, thank you. I'm going to let you kick off because I can hear something. So you kick off. I'm going to come back. Right. Good morning to the queens. Uh, I'm in great company. I love this. This is this has been my life. So this is nothing new, by the way, guys. I've, this has been my life. I'm a hairdresser. <laughs> what do you expect? I spent my entire life looking after queens. And what's remarkable, it was queens that brought me in the hairdressing industry in the first place. My mother, uh, a lovely lady called Miss Olive years ago in Acton, said to me, Derek, go to the West End. You can learn hairdressing because I wanted to be a barber. And uh, my girlfriend with whom I went to the hairdressers in Splinters International, I'm sure many of you know Splinters International. I was actually, I sat in the reception area and I saw the most beautiful women I've never seen before. And of course, I decided to do hairdressing. So let me say good morning to all the queens, all the listeners, all the fabulous ladies on the other side. Um, and we are gonna celebrate International Women's Day. Um, so great presentation, Clive, great presentation, Robin. 
loving, loving, loving this. I'll have a little music in the background and you can see my product line at the back there. So let me first say that um, my occupation speaks for itself. Um, obviously, um, I'm from a long line of noble savant black men. Um, think of Winston Isaacs, think of Dyke and Dryden, think of um, uh, the guys who invented relaxers, think of Pierre Toussaint. Those are all great black men who contributed um, uh, their skills to in fact looking after black women's hair. All the relaxers, all the curly perms, all the products that were invented by black men for black uh, women's hair. And so I'm part of the chain of black guys who devoted their time and energy looking after the sisters. And there's no better job. And I feel like a, a, a kid in a candy store with all these gorgeous women around me. Um, that said, I am the ubiquitous anachronism. I've been there, it seems, throughout the ages. When we talk about black queens, what comes to mind first is the queens of antiquity. Who were they? The, uh, we call them the Candice Queens. If you think about hairstyles, these women forged some of the greatest hairstyles and created combs and tools for our hair, which of course many cultures have misappropriated. When you think of the bob, that fabulous bob that was worn by a queen of antiquity and every other race have since then uh, plagiarized and misappropriated that style. We thought that that bob was somebody else's style, but we now know that it belongs to us and it was created by us, right? So by a queen, the Afrocomb is 3000 years old. So I am not going to get upset with people who don't like us, who cares? We don't care about them. Our people, since we belong to a queen in the first place, a black mother, who cares what other people think? We're not concerned about their, about their beliefs. Right, that said, as I said, so, so, so my purpose in this, what I call a renaissance, this is another renaissance of course, is to continue the uh, caring of the black women's hair and its well-being. Of course, we know that for many years, people have always have shown, shown uh, our hair. They told us our hair was dry. It was tough. It doesn't grow. It lacks this, it lacks that. Well, we, are, we were told wrong. And we now know that that's, that's not true. So what did we do? In order to conform to those weird beliefs, we did all sorts of things to our hair. We braided our hair, we locked our hair, we did all sorts of stuff to our hair, and only to its detriment. Uh, so for the first time in this renaissance, it seems that the sisters have realized the penny has dropped. My hair is gorgeous, and I'm gonna look after my hair in its natural form. Nothing's gonna go into uh, 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 continue damaging my hair. So my job today is to really explain to you guys what I've done with regards to contributing to the sister's hair. I've created a product line called Derek Clement Share Moist 9 by, uh, with my business partner, Rudy Page. And so I won't go into all the histories. Of course, I've got the history guys to tell us the story. Uh, Clive did a marvelous job. Um, so did uh, 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 Robin. These chaps were able to focus and home in on some of the greatest uh, queens of, of antiquity and, and, and in present times. But there's so many of them, we could go on and on and on. One of my favorite queens, of course, because I'm a hairdresser, is Madam C.J. Walker and Annie Malone. Those two women, in my opinion, were the greatest of all black entrepreneurs. And I think many women since them, over 100 years ago, have actually emulated those two queens. 
They've made the greatest contribution to your hair. And why? Your hair is important because that's your crown and that's your glory. So it's important since that is the most, the first thing we see in terms of uh, visually, what you see is your, is your hair coming at you. So that hair is supposed to be at all times blazing, looking well, looking healthy, looking hydrated, looking moist, looking uh, uh, shiny. So for you ladies, what's important? Since I'm a hairdresser, and my job is to ensure that you continue uh, 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 looking after your hair. After hair, your hair needs three fundamental uh, 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 things that are gonna help it to grow successfully and gonna help it to grow uh, long. It needs moisture, it needs hydration, it needs nutrient. And in our brand, what we've done, we have focused on products that are ubiquitous to us. That's part of our DNA, that's in sync with us. That's part of our indigenous landscape, whether we're from Africa, which we all are from, whether we were placed in the Caribbean, whether we're in London or America, we need to moisturize, we need to hydrate, and we also need to provide nutrients to our hair. What's also important is in those things, there are some other wonderful attributes. What are those attributes? Those attributes are your product that you choose supposed to be a good humectant. The products you choose supposed to be a good emollient. The products you choose supposed to be a good occlusive. What are those things? Humectants, what they do, humectants provide and attract moisture from the atmosphere. So when you buy a product for your hair, ensure that it's a good and natural humectant, right? It's supposed to be a good emollient. Now what humectants do, because they attract water from the atmosphere, it's what we call, um, it provides hydration to the hair. Now, it's supposed to also be a good occlusive. What's that? That simply means that the product's supposed to protect our hair by keeping the water in, the moisture levels in, because what we're now hearing from the sisters is that the hair is hydrated. It has high porosity. It has low porosity. That's because it's lacking those natural uh, elements. And we have decided to use the Jamaican black castor oil, shea butter, and bohabab. All those are indigenous to us. All those are from our countries of origin and our ancestors says you must use products that belong that come from your country. Don't try to use products from other people's country. It's for their hair. So we use the Jamaican castor oil and the Jamaican castor oil for me, it is the holy grail. It is the balm of Gilead. It is a, the elixir of products. It is the, it is the, it, it has all the elements you need. And what are these elements? Your hair needs omega-3, 6, and 9 fatty acids. Those fatty acids goes to providing nutrients to your hair because remember sisters, remember queens, your hair grows at a cellular level. It doesn't grow externally, you must understand that. We've spent too many years trying to, to, to pamper the hair from the outside. Of course, you gotta protect it from the outside, but fundamentally you must look at uh, providing nutrients on the inside. In other words, your hair, dips your hair roots dips itself into the bloodstream and it, it drinks it actually feeds on the nutrients in the bloodstream and the jamaican black castor oil has those nutrients it is antibacterial it is antifungal it has all the things you need and what's also important since we're living in an age of of of, of chronic conditions and chronic diseases that particular ingredient helps to protect us from uh things like um uh, you think of what comes to mind, inflammation. Inflammation could be, is actually a precursor 
or a, 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 a precursor to alopecia, to uh, other chronic conditions like 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 um, uh, uh, lupus, for instance. It actually triggers those things, and these things can cause hair problems for us. So we must, if we are going to be the queens we are meant to be, and our little princesses, like my daughters and your daughters, we have to ensure that we nourish, we moisturize and we hydrate. And the reason why your hair didn't grow successfully in the past is because it was relaxed, if you like, it was blown dry too many times. And what that does, that depletes the hair from moisture. Okay, right. So that said, let me run through the product lines that I've done for you specifically. We are about the sisters. We love the sisters. We don't care about anybody else. Now we have a product line. I'm going to briefly show it to you. We have the product line. So what I've done is I've decided to ensure that you that my line consists of nine items. And you might ask yourself, why so many items? Well, it's a system. Because in the past, we were looking after our hair piggly piggly, using anything that we see on the market. We go to these high street stores, we, we pick things up randomly. And oftentimes what we do, we do the worst things of all. We try to smell for fragrance. The sad thing is sometimes those fragrances are not good for your hair. And now we now know for, for a fact that three of the most damaging things for our hair is what? Parabens, sulfates, lanolin, mineral oil, and sometimes those ingredients have the most gorgeous fragrance. Well, we don't need fragrance. What you need is a sustainable product. And invariably your product sometimes doesn't have fragrance. So now I'll start with my shampoo. My shampoo is actually Jamaican-based castor oil. And I say to my clients, do not, one of the mistakes you've made in the past, you shampoo your hair too many times, queens. Shampoo your hair just once. Right. This is how this is this is what this is how this is what makes my system unique and different to other uh, product range. One good shampoo. That's all you need. But you continue to shampoo your hair using in 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 in, in the first tier. It's actually broken down into three tiers. In the first tier, we're going to use a co-wash. The co-wash is a shampoo, but it does not lather. Why doesn't it lather? Because there's no parabens in there. I know you love the lather, I know you love the suds, but what causes the suds and the lather is something called sulfate. Sulfate, what sulfate does, it tangles your hair and you spend an hour, two or three hours, sometimes trying to entangle your hair. And in the meantime, you're looking at your comb and what's in your comb? Breakage, right? Hence the reason why your hair has not been growing. So to counter that problem, ladies and queens, I say shampoo once, but shampoo tw one, twice, thrice or four times with a co-wash. It's going to continue to shampoo, but it's not going to lather. You had the first lather with the first shampoo, but the second lather, the second shampoo doesn't lather because it's a co-wash. It's a moisturizer. It's, a, it's, it's, it's nutritional and it's a hydrator because your hair needs Afro hair. The queen's hair needs moisture, hydration, and nutrient. The second one would be my conditioner. Okay, so in tier one, so the range is three tiers. Tier one, tier two, tier three. So tier one, shampoo, co-wash, and, and, and condition. Now, if your hair is relaxed, sisters, you could add another item to that tier one, which would be a leave-in conditioner. Right, so this is tier one. Tier two, what we now say to our clients, your hair needs nutrient. So I've got this wonderful ingredients from Zimbabwe, again, it's from black country, by black people, 
produced by black people, manufactured by black people, been growing for thousands of years. It's called bohabab. It has seven times more nutrient than oranges. This is what you need on your hair. It's a hydrator. It's a mist. You'd simply drizzle this on your hair to provide for the hair moisture. Okay, and that, that's for any hair type, by the way, whether it's relaxed, whether it's straightened, whether it's locks. We have a wonderful thing, in a, a wonderful acronym called BLACKS in our system. BLACKS means bald, braid, uh, locks, afro, curls, coils, kinks, and straight. Those are all the nine genres in which Afro hair can be morphed into. So our hair is more than any other hair type. It could do so, it could do multiple things. Right, after the, uh, the, the, the healing mist, the mist we, we've got the hydrator. Hydrator works in all hair types, whether it's straightened, as I said, whether it's, it's natural, it's a hydrator. Then we've got the leaving moisturizer. So as you can see, the range begins with tier one, tier two, and tier three. And tier three begins with the food. We've got a wonderful food called Miss, uh, uh, hair, and hair growth treatment. This is by hemp, this is hemp and Jamaican black castor oil and tons and tons of vitamins. The next one for your scalp and for your hair would be hair growth food. This food is wonderful. Again, you can see the consistency is Jamaican black castor oil and shea butter. Now we don't say grease in our system, we say food because food means you're feeding your hair, you're feeding your scalp. And, and that food, unlike grease in the past, which was made from petroleum jelly, that food has in it the, the three things you need, antibacterial, antifungal, and it provides for you the nutrient you need, right? So, when you, so you part your scalp as you normally did, did in the past, when your grandmothers and the mothers did, you parted your scalp and you apply the food to your scalp. And the third one, of course, in that range, we've got the, uh, the Jamaican black castor oil, sheen oil. Again, this is, this is like a, 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 a sheen oil that provides luster and nutrients to your hair. We say in our system, your hair needs the, the R's. It needs to be repaired. It needs to be restored. It needs to be rejuvenated and it needs to regrow. So for me, fundamentally for the queens, it's all about pampering the hair and healing the hair to ensure that your hair grows successfully, which is what, which is what, what every queens need, okay? I don't have to, I don't have to say, say more to you. Now, if you're gonna use a product, ensure that the product is plant-based. It must be phytonutrients. Anything else would not work for your hair. We've spent too many years using junk on our hair and it hasn't grown. What we're now seeing is that your hair is growing. We call this renewal. Okay, we're taking our, we're taking our hair back. What I call collapsing the trust, collapsing the, collapsing the trust to, to regain your tress and your tress is your hair. The trust would have been, you trusted other people in the past, but they had no interest in your hair. We know who they are. They are, no, they, they are on the high streets. They are selling your products and they don't know what your hair needs. So now we're, you've, collect, you've collapsed the trust. You've collapsed trusting other people and you're now trusting your people and your people are the manufacturers. In our community today, there are many, many black manufacturers like we had done in the past since Madam C.J. Walker 100 years ago. We've always created products for our needs. So that's what it is. That's what it's all about, sisters. And I am going to end, end the talk. I think you've seen the, the, the range. Uh, ask me, please, any questions you may want to ask me. And I'm here to answer those questions for you. That is my job. I'm here to provide, uh, 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 to listen to all your worlds and conjuries.
Thanks, Derek. Absolutely fantastic. And it was really important to have you as, you know, you're an international hairdresser, hairstylist on the platform, because we know as queens, if your hair, no matter how you wear it, if it's not in that pristine, lush, wonderful condition, you're not leaving your house. Absolutely. It's totally. as simple as that. You're not leaving your house. You know, and there's lots of women home crying now because of all the damage, all the, you know, bleaching and weaving and perm and all the different things we people do to their hair. So a lot of people are in, in real crisis. So we'll pick up any questions at the end anyway. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you, my darling. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Brilliant. And I did make a few notes here. And, it, and what you said in actual fact, what you were saying about, you know, there are lots of other people out there making hair products. You can mix up your own hair products as long as it's natural. You know, your olive oil, your coconut oil, you can mix up things and, you know, as long as it's natural and it hasn't got the parabens and the other things that are bad for our hair. So you was on point there. I'm going to be quickly moving on now to Rudy, Rudy Page, multi winning management consultant, mentor and coach. Welcome to the platform, Rudy. Thank you very much, Joan. And it's good, be, good to be here. Great presentation from our previous speakers. Well done, Brother Derek. You'll see there's a lot of um, links in the chat room, Derek. So if, if you want to go to the chat room, uh, there's, some, there's some points in there. So you're going to be lifting up the queen this morning. So. What's your presentation? I know you're your multi-award winning management consultant, mentor and coach, transformational specialist and skilled facilitator. Okay, so celebrate in celebrating the, the Queens is great. Um, I've been around 40, 40 years. It's my 40, 40th year as uh, doing the kind of work that I, did, I do. So what I thought I'd do today is focus on the, the time that we're in. And this, this message is kind of aimed at the queens who are working in the systems. So my, my, my theme is seizing the opportunities. So when I talk about working in the systems, I'm talking in the NHS, in social care, in local authorities, those of you who may be leading teams or aspiring, aspiring to lead. I've spent a lot of time, particularly in the maternity service, which of course is 99% with women so this this message is really for those of you who are working in this particular time that we're in so the time the time that we're in now of course what we call um post covid pandemic era and of course covid has uncovered a lot of fragmentation all across our communities regardless of our background and status so what we're saying particularly for our African and Caribbean population groups. The price of empowerment is collective responsibility. Now, the impact of COVID has on our mental health and spiritual well-being, loss of our elders, and now starting to lose close relatives and friends at, incre at increasing younger age. Our young people, in terms of their educational impact, and what that means for their future employability and potential that we want them to achieve. Being a father myself of four children, 
even though most of them are growing up, but I also think of my friends and relatives with their children and their grandchildren and their great grandchildren, those of us of what we would say the children of the Windrush generation. So in terms of talking to our queens who are leading, leading in leadership positions, or, or most importantly, in this time of crisis, going to step forward and achieve their potential. And you've heard earlier on of some of the queens who in their time within the crisis that they lived in had to step forward. And we, we don't need to, so many women, let's just think of Harriet Tubman as a good example, a queen of her time that stepped forward. So there's, there's a system then, in other words, for doing this for transformational. So we need queens who are willing with the determination, the self-discipline, the courage, and the faith in themselves and their community to step forward, but it must be done with a system. So one of the key things is you're, you're leading your teams, you're seeking to lead, or even if you're sitting in team, team meetings, it's important for you to think about empowerment, how can I empower? How can I empower others? What are the key questions for asking for empowering people, empowering teams, regardless of the leadership structure? And within the system that I've facilitated, and and won awards for this approach, very simple approach, both in the NHS and in higher education. When you're you're there. And even with your Zoom meetings, there's no reason why you can't initiate these Zoom meetings. The term we use is all voices must be heard. So if you're involved in communities of practice, small groups, clusters, or even create clusters, you know, all voices must be heard. So the, the, principle, the key principles, if you're with a group of people and, and you're thinking about, well, how am I gonna transform or how are we going to transform ourselves, our communities, our neighbourhood, working with our colleagues? The key thing is all voices must be heard. No, no, no ideas overlooked, most important. No ideas overlooked. Diversity of opinion is accepted. And the fourth principle being collective responsibility. As you heard me spoke about in the beginning. So the first question that's important to ask of a team or group of any group of people, what action needs to be taken to improve your feeling of well-being at this time within this environment? And I've alluded to the environment that we're in at the moment. We cannot move away from the facts of this pandemic era. What is it that we've got to do? Our, our, our community certainly needs to have that discussion about the, the vaccine and what that means. Because this government, this country has decided that in order to, um, the foundation of the movement out of the vaccine and the virus is the vaccine. So what does that mean in terms of our community having that dialogue so that we're informed, we're reassured, so that we make the choice that we need. So we need more 
And I think it's going to come from the women, what we call the trusted messengers, to provide the information, the advice that the community needs in order they can make the choice. Because we all have to think about how we're going to do that. Another key question in these in these types of environments what are your ideas for quality and service we we would say service improvement for example if you're in if you're in the health system you would say what are your ideas for quality and service improvement for enhancing patient experience access and involvement and that can be translated to any area of our lives so if you think about if you're with a group of people, family, friends, colleagues, if you start to think about what are your ideas for improving the quality? Because all systems have, there's three fundamental uh, goals of all, virtually all systems. If you take health, the first one is to provide a quality, quality care, quality service. So any system, that's the first goal. The second one being, particularly in this country, easy accessible to universal service, even though we know there are inequalities within the society. So that's why we need committed people who are willing to focus on inclusion, because this services, whether it's education, health, local authority, should be easy accessible. And there's people dedicated to do that. And we always must remember within these systems, Whilst we may criticise them, it's important to remember our community are, are employed in those systems, we're in those systems, so, so we know we're part of the institutional community, we're part of the community that has to access the service. So in other words, we need more from our community to challenge those barriers and to share and to improve the experience of our community as we access these systems. And then another important question to ask and to think about within these systems is, what is your role? And do you understand what the organization expects from you? What is your role? And that's some, something that we've continually had to think about. What is our role within society? What is our, what is our role within communities? What is our role within work, within the organization? If we're not sure, we should certainly think about our job description, but we also know that you can have a job description, but, but end up doing a lot more than what your job description says. So sometimes it's really important to reflect on, so reflect within yourselves, what, what is my role? And, and understanding now, again, in this time, what does the organization expect from you? So key thing around that is policies. We always talk about policies, read the policies. It's really important to read the policies. And when we're doing investigations or service examinations, I will say three steps to the team. You must keep your mind focused around this. Read the policies, observe the actions, apply the remedies. There's always a gap between policies and actions. But if you don't know what the policies are, then some of the actions, particularly around organizational culture, around equality, 
And we also have to be careful that when we're crying about equality, we have to ensure that we're not also participating in that organisational culture as well. Because I know from past experience, the term we use in terms of our community and sometimes even our own behaviour is self-inflicted wounding. And that's where we, we have rivalry that we, we don't need in the community when we need to move forward. So that's why the Queens are important. And, and I support those who are, who are running for leadership or inspiring to be leaders. And I say to them, don't give up, it's difficult, but you have to think about the improvement you're doing to the lives of the community. And when we look back, the generations of queens before you, they had it much more challenging, but they prevailed. So I'll, I'll stop there, Joe. Thank you. So I'm just looking in the chat. I mean, the whole presentation so far, you know, all the presenters, have, it's just been so thought provoking. And you touched on, you know, it's, it's around character, isn't it? Determination, yeah. you know, resilience, confidence. Courage. Courage. It takes courage to lead. Yeah, yeah. It takes courage to lead. And again, you can see the leadership of women. <laughs> and this is a time of crisis. And it's going to take women with the courage to lead because the transformation and bringing the young people forward, we, we've seen all the impact that's happened to our young people. So it's going to be women at for, forefront and us men are there to support you. We, yeah. we, we know what to do. Yeah. But it's that past partnership and it's, it is about the queens going forward. Mm, very much so. Thank you very much for that really um, thought-provoking presentation. And there are we, we are all leaders one way or another, you know, and we've all got courage. We can do, you know, as queens, we can do anything. I always say that. So I'm going to quickly move on. Thank you very much for that, Rudy. Excellent presentation. So we're going to move on now to Hugh. Mayers are psychotherapist, relationship coach, mental health trainer. Are you ready for us, Hugh? Um, I don't know. After hearing all the presentations, I feel a little bit under pressure because <laughs> the Kings kind of put the bar a little bit high, but I'm going to humbly do my best um, to, to um, maintain, at least maintain, as they say. Welcome um, to the platform. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you to, to yourself, Joan, for organising the platform and inviting me. I feel honoured and privileged but also to um, all of the Queens um, who have turned out and, and also uh, my fellow, my fellow panelists. So my name is Hugh Mayers. I am a psychotherapist and also a broadcast journalist. I have a podcast series, which I must cheekily plug. And I've put it in, I've um, unashamedly, unabashedly put it in the, um, in the chat room, the hyperlink. Um, That's absolutely fine. And what I will say, if all presenters could please put their contact details into the chat, because I know that a lot of the guests on the platform are eagerly, they want to contact you for whatever reason. So please post your contact details into the chat. That's absolutely fine, Hugh. Okay, all right, no problems, no problems. So yeah, um, so the link is there. And I, so I work on a number of different projects and um, one of the projects that I work on is a mentoring scheme, um, helping young men to move from that journey from boyhood to manhood. And there's a number of values that we instill in them. Um, number of, of sections to the course, um, accountability, visionary goal setting, things of this nature, um, self-determination. However, there is one element which seems to be, um, which gets a lot of controversy, a lot of attention, and that is that the module 
respect for womanhood. And it's funny because last night I was uh, running a, a focus group with some young people, um, just testing out a module or, you know, exploring a module and the effectivity of the model and getting some feedback from young people before sections of the course is rolled out. And uh, yeah, that section about, you know, respect for womanhood, it caught a lot of controversy. There were, were young ladies in the room or part of the, um, the actual training. And um, they, they gave their feedback as well and said how much they appreciated it. But it was this controversy of, well, why can't it be just respect for everybody? But we recognize that in society, um, and definitely when we look at popular culture, something has gone a little bit to the left, um, no pun intended for my left-wing friends, but there's something that's gone a little bit left. And in terms of um, the female image and the sexual objectification of women, and in particular, the sexual objectification of our black women in the public space, it's not cool and it's creating an imbalance in terms of the mentality that some of our young men have towards the queens. So we definitely want to um, set the record straight about that. And, you know, behind the scenes, we're, we're, we, there are brothers that are doing that work to, um, you know, nurture that um, protective spirit and, and that protective um, DNA that is in our young men so that they become more protectors and not predators towards our, our young queens. So um, I mentioned about respect. I mentioned about honor to the queens, but there's one queen that I have to honor above all, and that is to my mom, Mama June, who um, nurtured me with her care, with her compassion, with her love. I couldn't be, yes, my dad was a pillow, rest his soul, but my mother, without without the, 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 the womb, I have to give blessings to the womb that gave rise to, the, to, to Hugh Mayers, that brought me into this world. So before I honor anyone, I have to honor my mom, but respect to all the queens and love to all the queens. And we know it's International Women's Day very, very soon. And also Mother's Day as well. So um, we're gonna acknowledge that also. But um, what is pivotal and reason why I mentioned my mom because she's the one that nurtured me with her love. But sometimes the love was tough. Um, sometimes the love was a little too tough, but I'm still here um, to um, give testimony. Um, my mom is from a, a small town in Jamaica called August Town. And if you know anything about well, Kingston in general, um, they're not backward in coming forward. They're, not, they're not, not shy to tell you exactly how they feel, but it was that congruence. It was that um, not being afraid to tell me when, when, I was, when I was going off track, not mollycoddling me that I really appreciate now that I didn't really appreciate at the time. And, um, but now with, 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 with hindsight and looking back at the situation, I could have seen in, in, in so many negative avenues, I could have ended up as a man. So, you know, we have to give thanks for that. So the word, the power of the Queens is in the word, yeah? Um, the ability of the Queens to influence, influence, should I say, us as men is phenomenal. That means that when a, a Queen is in a man's life, whether it's a, um, as a friend, as a spouse, as a mother, as an aunt, whoever that person is, they can be such a positive influence. And that's why you have the yin and the yang. We're not, we're not abstract, male and female are not abstract. They, 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 they exist and they complement each, they co-complement each other. And the power of the female word is phenomenal in the life of men. And I wanna really acknowledge that also. The words that when you are encouraged, when you are told that you've got this, when you're told that you, you can do this, even when you don't believe it yourself, a female, a woman can even give you that power to make you believe, believe and be um, accomplish things you didn't even think you can. But likewise, the pendulum swings both ways. So with great power comes great responsibility. Those same words can burn like acid. They can burn through metal. 
So when those words are weaponized, then we can see that there's the potential for such a devastating impact. But we honor the Queens and um, we acknowledge, we acknowledge, we acknowledge their greatness. Now, I'm gonna get controversial, but I wanna say that feminism has killed chivalry. Um, well, that's the, that's the word on the wire that the, the feminism has killed chivalry. But I would say to the Queens that you are so beautiful, you are so powerful, and that when you lead with your femininity, that is your strength. And when you lead with your femininity, men are so hardwired, they have to, they have to accommodate that and, and they have to become gentlemen and they have to deal with you in that way. I'll just give you a, a, I'll give you a quick anecdote. If when a, when a sister leads you in place of I'm strong and I'm independent and I don't need nobody, don't be surprised or I don't need no man. Don't be surprised when the men fall back because they genuinely believe what you're saying. And it's different from when a, when a queen leads in a sense of, I'm, I actually, I, I wasn't quite sure how to do it. See how quick the men step up and they're ready to take off their jacket and get involved and do things because why? We are hardwired. We, we can't, you can't change us in 50 years of, of left-wing politics. That is us, protectors, providers. That is our nature and that's what we would do. Okay, so um, only because of time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on to my next um, point and which is that we know that in popular art, as we said, that our women have been, let's say, denigrated and, and we've, we've challenged with our art and come back with cultural icons and, you know, very, very conscious and powerful music. But at the same time, we know that there is this agenda, it would seem, um, to push this negative image. Now, there is a Meg Thee Stallion, there is Cardi B, right? But beyond that, beyond that image that some powers that be are trying to play games with the minds of the young in particular, beyond that image, we as men are developing that capacity or igniting that true capacity, that true nature to go beyond just appreciating the woman for, I, I may say something that may sound a bit profane, but I hope it's gonna be profound. We can learn to love the woman, not for a whole, but love her as a whole and appreciate her and not objectify her. So this is just my small, my new show, five minute contribution for the Queens. We're in the kitchen, you know, I always try to give you a little bit of food for thought and I'm around for the questions and answers, criticisms or um, for comments or even criticisms. Um, but that's just, I just wanted to just put that in the mix for the morning. So keeping it short and, and brief and I'm gonna hand the mic back to yourself, Joe. Oh, here. That was deep. <laughs> that was really deep. And I like the sort of like analogy you gave where, you know, it's not just one, it's like a partnership and the pendulum does swing both ways. It really does. So, you know, that was, you know, and what we say, words are so powerful and what we say to each other does matter. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's a bit like, you know, I've spoken many a time about affirmations you know, and you might even see see a friend. You can you can say to a fellow girlfriend, "Gosh, that dress looks nice," or "Your hair looks nice." It's just about it's about putting that positivity out there as well. And you know, we as kings, queens, even showing that love and you know appreciation and encouragement for each other. We've got to stop all this tearing down. The, the, word, the word in the wire, Joan, is the gender war is done, it's over, it's, it's finished, yeah. and it's just a rebuilding and a peace process right now. That's that's, And we only thrive in peacetime, so the gender war is done, man. The gender war is done. The kings and queens are, are back on, back on, on track. Yeah. Back on. yeah, and especially in these times now, 
you know, in a way you've just got to put all whatever nonsense is going on and it has to be about just pure love, mm-hmm. you know. We've all lost people. We've seen there's been so much kind of like loss and tragedies that's gone over the last year. And we really, it's, it has to be about, and that's why I do the platform as well. You know, we've got, we've got to create something and have some kind of positivity within our community about lifting us up. So when we come out into this new world, we are empowered, we're strong enough, you know, mm-hmm. and being in mm-hmm. lockdown, if anything, it's given us time to just reflect and think and readjust ourselves. Definitely, no, definitely. Wow. They say if you can't go outside, you have to go inside. So, you know, all things are mental. So we've been building, we've been building. That's right, yeah, and we, and we will continue to do so. Thank you so much for that. So you're gonna be sticking around for the Q&A at the end. For so sure. if anybody has any questions, please pop it into the chat, which my um, lovely co-host, Nadia from the Black Health Group is uh, monitoring for me. Um, Please note that this session is being recorded um, for upload onto YouTube. And if you want to hear about future Queen Walking Group events, please follow us on Eventbrite so you'll get that instant notification. So I'm going to quickly move on to our final presenter, Leon Marshall. Leon, university lecturer and co-founder of the Hidden Science Academy. Greetings, Queens. Greetings, everyone. Thank you, Joan, for giving me the opportunity to be on this platform. I truly appreciate it. Is it possible for me to share my screen? Yes, it is. It is. Please go ahead. About yourself, how did the Hidden Science Academy start? I've been to the academy when we could go out to the go out to events, and they are absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So. Like John said, my name is Leo Marshall. I'm a sports science lecturer. I lecture at London South Bank University. I lecture on the sport and exercise science degree course there. So my background is more fitness and sport and exercise science. Um, whilst I was learning all of this stuff, anatomy and physiology, I started to realize that there were certain things that they weren't telling us, unfortunately, at university with regards to health and especially when it comes to health with black people. So I started to do my own research and found out a few things. Started to read books by Dr. Leila Africa, started to study Dr. Sebi, and started to find out a few things. I was wondering why, you know, they weren't teaching this in universities. So that gave birth to the Hidden Science Academy. And this is uh, an education provider that I run with my sister, Vanika Marshall. This is her here, who's a best-selling author of two books. One of them is Black British History, and the other one is 30 Black History Icons. And she is the co-author of this book with three other authors. And one of them, as you all now know, is none other than Robin Walker, the Black History Man. And big up the people I saw, people who are after Robin's, um, after Robin's um, talk, they went out and bought the book straight away. They were like, yep, we just bought the book. So big up the people that are buying this book. My sister's one of the co-authors of this powerful book, 30 Black History Icons. So it's myself and my sister, we run the Hidden Science Academy. We do have a small team that help us out as well. So if you wanna come and follow the team, the team are on social media, they follow, they take care of our social media for us. So you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, or you can follow us on Vimeo. We've got a lot of our previous events and lectures and stuff like that on Vimeo. So you can check out, if you've never heard of the Hidden Science Academy event before, you want to check out some previous events or webinars you go to vimeo.com forward slash the hidden science academy and you can check that out 
And for the people who are on Instagram, if you want to follow me, they call me the scientist because of how I break down science in a very simplified way. So you can follow me on Instagram at the scientist online. If you want to come and follow me, that is at the scientist online. And I'll keep you up to date with everything that the Hidden Science Academy is going to be doing. Like we've got the Hidden Science of Black Holistic Health. Now we do do this as an e-learning course on our website. However, um, each month we've been doing these free lectures. So anyone can sign up to these free lectures. I'm going to put, I've got my two laptops here. So I'm going to put the link to the website in the chat. Anyone wants to sign up to a free Black Holistic Health lecture, they just go to the hiddensciencecademy.com, click on events, and then you can sign up to any of the events we've got coming up like this one. And we've got this one coming up next week, the Hidden Science of Black Men's Health. So big up the queens, but uh, we have to, you know, talk about the kings as well and your health as well. So the Hidden Science of Black Men's Health, we've got some very powerful speakers. Um, Joan mentioned Joe Dash earlier. Joe Dash is going to be one of the keynote speakers at this. The guy who wrote the powerful book, The, the Melanin Effect. So he's going to be one of the speakers. We've got Lyndon Wizard, who's um, the inspired diabetic. He reversed his type 2 diabetes in 105 days naturally. He's going to be on this quite a few other speakers as well. Very, very powerful event. I've put the link in the chat so you guys can just go to the website, click on events and you can sign up for free to these events. And uh, next month we've got a course called The Hidden Science of Pain. Now this is for um, anyone who's suffering from pain, inflammation. I know Derek touched on inflammation earlier in his presentation. Inflammation in the body is the pain that you're feeling. And if it's chronic inflammation, you're gonna be in chronic pain, but we've actually developed a course where you can relieve that pain um, in the comfort of your own home. So we've got pain relief practitioners, probably the best in the game, Sahu and Christos, and they will show you techniques that you can do at home in the comfort of your own home to relieve pain. Very powerful course, very revolutionary course. And we did it last year, it went down really well. So we're doing it again next month. Now, every time I do presentations, keep things super simple i like clarity and in order to get clarity you need to ask questions in order to get clarity you need to ask questions so as i'm going through my presentation i'm going to be asking a couple of questions i'm hoping that the people in the chat uh, participate and uh, anyone else like the panelists if you want to participate that would be great as well but here's my first question so this is um all about the queens and it's um International Women's Day coming up. But here's my first question. What makes you a queen? I wonder if anyone would like to answer that. In the chat, what makes you a queen? It doesn't have to be anything long. You can just, just put something short in the chat. But I'd like, I'm curious, what makes you a queen? See if anyone's got any, my strength, strong, my genetic African heritage just being a woman, confidence, understanding, fearfully and wonderfully made my heart, just born a queen, inner confidence, essence. Okay, all right, so that's the first question out of the way. Here's the second one. Now, it's a bit of a long one, but let's go for it quite quickly because of time, yeah? Out of these things, I'm going to give you a list of things, yeah? 
who or what is the most important thing in your life out of these things? Yeah. First one, God. Is it God? Is God the most important thing in your life? And for anyone who, you know, follows another religion, I don't want to be disrespectful. So any, the most high. So some people say God, some people say Allah, you know, uh, Elohim, Jehovah, Jesus, Jarastafari. Who is the most, or who or what is the most important? Is it yourself? Is it your health? Is it your children, stroke family? Is it your partner? Is it your friends? Is it your business making money? Is it your phone or something else or other? So some people saying God, the almighty creator, divine love, God, faith, my health, seeking first the kingdom of God, family, all the above minus phone. <laughs> My spirit, my son. All right, so there's a lot of God and family. There's a lot of God's, God and family. Okay, now no one said their phone. Yeah, no one said their phone. And for all of those people, thank you for everyone who's contributed, by the way. If you, uh, there's comments still coming in, a lot of them saying spirituality, God, that sort of stuff. Some people saying health, yeah. For all the people who are commenting, no one said their phone and no one said anything other. So for the people who said, you know, God and health and that sort of stuff, no one said their phone. For all of those people who didn't say their phone, I've got one thing to say to you. Why are you lying for? Why are you lying for? It's your phone. Stop lying. Of course it's your phone. Come on now. Your phone is most the most important thing. Your phone gets the most attention. You know, your phone wakes you up in the morning. You know, your phone's always in your hand. You touch your phone more than you touch your partner. Your phone, it's your phone, man. Your phone's the most important. Nah, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, I'm not. All right, let's move on. Now, for the people who said their health, I think this is very important because if you said God, surely you believe that God put you here for a reason. Surely you believe that God put you here for a reason, like you've got an assignment. If you said God, God put you on this planet for a reason. You have an assignment. I don't know what your assignment is. We all have different assignments. You're here for a reason. You're going to need your health to carry out that assignment, whatever that assignment is. You're going to need your health for that. Yeah. Whoever said their family, surely you're going to need your health to look after your family. Surely you want your family to be in good health. So you want to be in good health, yeah? No one said their business, but even if you said your business, you being in good health is going to help with your business. Your business is a reflection of you. So you being in good health means your business will, will be in good health. So whichever one you said out of those, I'm hoping you're starting to realize how important your health is to all of those things. Your health. Now I've got a picture here. I don't know if anyone knows who these people are. Who are these? amazing queens anyone know put it in the chat if you know who these these women are these queens that i'm showing you right now three generations of queens by the way three generations of queens pinkett yeah willow jada and jada's mom yeah now just look at that 
three generations of queens looking after their health, understanding how important health is. And if you believe your health is important, understanding how important exercise is. Look how they're all keeping fit. Yeah, there's no excuse. There's no, oh, I'm too old. How old is the grandmother? You know, oh, I've got children. Do you get what I'm saying? This is extremely important. A lot of us start think that health is just to do with what we put in our mouth. No, health. You've got to start looking at health holistically. It's not just what we put in our mouth. And we got to understand that we have to look at our health from a black perspective because who believes that we're all the same? Who believes that, you know, we are all the same? You know, we're all one. There's no difference between individuals. There's no difference between groups because that's what they tell us in school. We're all one race, the human race. There's no difference between us. We're all the same. Who believes that? Some people believe that, but not even coming from me, the NHS will tell you that we're different. I don't know if you've seen these types of posters, but the NHS are always saying we need black blood donors. If we were all the same and a black person was sick, why not just get someone else's blood and put it in that person if we are all the same? So the we are all the same narrative is untrue. According to who, Leon Marshall? No, NHS are telling you. NHS are always asking for your blood. Black people, we need your blood. There's black people who need your blood. Why? Because your blood is different. We are different people. It's not just our skin that makes us different. Underneath our skin, our biology, our chemistry, our blood is different. This is not coming from Leo Marshall. This is coming from the NHS. You're always seeing this in the news. NHS launches urgent appeal for black people to donate blood. Black people with sickle cell disease urgently, black donors, they're telling you we're different. So all of this, we're all one race with the human race, doesn't make sense. That's like a lion and a tiger saying we're, all, we're part of the same kingdom. We're all part of the cat kingdom. No, but a lion is a lion and a tiger is a tiger. They're different. There's nothing wrong with being different. Yeah. To the point where the NHS had to overcome allegations of racism because they were just begging black people for their blood. This was a couple of years ago. They had to put a thread on Twitter telling people why they were asking black people for their blood. So we're different. Not just our skin, our blood, our biochemistry. That's why it's so important for us to learn our health from a black perspective. And this is why I think people find science very confusing. They put us all into one and think that we can learn health just the way everyone else learns health. No, we need to learn health from a black perspective because we are different. That's the reason why I created this course, The Hidden Science of Black Holistic Health. So we can start learning our health from a black perspective. And now not to take up too much time, I'm gonna show you some things that you as a black woman can do to help you know, um, with your health from a black perspective. So I'm just gonna go through a couple of things. This is being recorded. So if I go through too quick, I'm sure um, Joan will give you the replay so you guys can write down some of this stuff. First thing, you need to understand the importance of iron. So big up the people who know about Dr. Sebi. Dr. Sebi was big on iron. He was like, black women, you're low on iron. You need to understand that iron is the human spark plug. So we need more iron, yeah? And the, the experts are always telling black women you're anemic and you're low on iron. So what can we consume to increase our iron levels or queens to increase your iron levels? Again, I will go through this quickly, but this, you can screenshot it, but this is being recorded. Here are Dr. Sabi's iron herbs list. 
Now, where to get them from, you're gonna have to do your own research. And um, in this information age, I'm sure you can find out where to get these things from. But this is Dr. Sabi's iron herbs list. Sarsaparilla is the highest content of iron. And then you've got other um, types of iron. Some of them are African plants. You might not be able to get them over here, but you've got a list. Dandelion, very powerful. Burdock, yellow dock, chickweed, nettles up there, and even elderberry, yeah? And here are some herbs for your organs. Again, I'm gonna go through it pretty quickly just for time, but just look at certain things, certain um, organs that need help. Here's um, some herbs that could help. So liver, a lot of us have liver issues. Milk thistle could help with your liver. A lot of us have kidney issues. Dandelion could help. A lot of us have mucus on our chest, your lungs, malin, um, that could help. Yeah, so these are just herbs that could help for your organs. Now, um, when it comes on to black women, they're always telling you that you've got a hormonal imbalance. We need to understand that with um, black people, not just black women, but black people, our health relies on our hormones. Our health relies on our hormones. If your hormones are imbalanced, you're just gonna be an unhealthy person. It's just as simple as that, yeah? And big up the people that have done the Black Holistic Health course, you understand that your hormones give your cells instructions. So if your hormones are not balanced, that means the instructions to your cells are not going to be balanced and you're going to suffer from all types of diseases. Now, a hormonal imbalance will lead to inflammation. Again, um, Derek touched on inflammation earlier with regards to um, hair and that sort of stuff. But with regards to hormonal imbalances, you need to understand the most powerful of hormones for women that becomes imbalanced is what i wonder if anyone knows what's the most what's the main hormone that becomes imbalanced in women estrogen thank you pj estrogen okay now i'm going to show you the top phytoestrogen foods now estrogen is a natural hormone that your body releases men and women obviously in women it's more just like in men, it's testosterone, um, but women release testosterone as well. It's just in men, it's more. So women, uh, estrogen is natural. It's actually um, very high during puberty because it helps to grow cells. So it helps to, and obviously it's, it, it's high during um, pregnancy because it helps to grow cells. So it's going to help to grow the fetus. But if it's high at any other point, then it's going to cause a hormonal imbalance. Yeah. So I'm going to go through the top phytoestrogen. Anytime you see that word phyto, it's to do with plants. So this is plant-based estrogen. Now, I'm going to show you some examples of plant-based estrogen. Doesn't mean that these things are bad. However, if you have a hormonal imbalance, you have to be aware of the estrogen that's coming in. Yeah? You have to be aware of the estrogen that's coming in. And I haven't put it on here, but... You need to be aware of the products that you're using as well. They might have what they call xenoestrogens. Those are synthetically made estrogens. So you might be putting estrogen on your hair. Be aware of that as well. But phytoestrogens, these are the estrogens found in plants. I'm not saying these things are bad. I'm saying be aware of them if you have a hormonal imbalance. Soy products, uh, tempeh or flax seeds, oats. These are high in estrogen, barley, hops, lentils, yams, alfalfa, apples, carrots, 
Yeah, I'm not saying these things are bad. They're just high in phytoestrogen. So sometimes when you need to balance things out, you need to be aware of where the estrogen is coming from. And then some other products here. Yeah, so these are just quick things that you guys can do just to understand um, the importance of making sure your estrogen is balanced. Again, the, uh, some of these things are really good, but we need to be aware of where the estrogen is coming in from. And this is plant-based, so this is like natural estrogen. Be aware of xenoestrogen as well. Xenoestrogen is found in um, water bottles. Xenoestrogen is found in your hair products and your skin products. And all of this will lead to inflammation. And inflammation is at the root of most diseases. Inflammation is at the root of most diseases. So how can we avoid that? What sort of things do we need to look out for? Well, very simply, very quickly and easily, these are the things that you really want to avoid if you want to um, cut down on inflammation in your body. You need to avoid fried foods. Fried foods will promote inflammation in your body. GMO, corn, that's pretty much all the foods that we eat because most of the foods that we eat are made from GMO corn. Refined sugar, these things are going to promote inflammation in your body. This is not Leo Marshall speaking, this is the science. So don't get angry at me, get angry at the science. Wheat, you need to cut down on wheat or cut it out or it's going to cause more inflammation. Dairy, your milk, your cheese, all of that stuff. Meat, it says red meat, but I say meat. Meat in general is going to cause more inflammation. Again, this is not Leo Marshall, this is the science. Get angry at the science. So if you want to cut down on inflammation, to cut down on these things here, yeah? So going back to all of this, when I ask you what's the most important thing, I'm hoping you're now starting to realize how important your health is because God put you here for a reason. Whatever that reason is, you're going to need your health for that. Your children, your family, you're going to need your health to take care of your children and your family. Your partner, you're going to need your health to have a great life with your partner. No one said they're friends. I'm glad no one said they're friends. Your business, making money, you're going to need your health to make money, to have like um, mental fitness. And no one said their fault. So I'm, start, I'm hoping that um, the queens understand the importance of their health. Just think about this. When you get on a plane, yeah, and they give you those instructions whilst the plane is just about to take off and they say, ah, oh, if the oxygen mask falls down, who do they say you should put the oxygen mask on first? Someone put it in the chat. When you're getting on a plane and they give you those instructions, who do they say you should put the oxygen mask on first? Yourself. Why? Because once you take care of yourself, then you can take care of your children, your family, your partner, all these other people. You put the mask on yourself first, take care of your own health, then you can take care of other, other people's health. So just like they say on the plane, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. And just to finish up, I'm going to show you a clip from the Hidden Science of Black Love. Like every year we do an event called the Hidden Science of Black Love. And it's not just black love between male, female. It's a black love between you and your family, you and your children, you and the person that you see when you look in the mirror. So this is just a last clip just to round it all up. This is a last clip of how important putting a mask on yourself, you know, loving yourself is first. So I'm finishing with this clip, everyone. Listen to this. Who loves themselves? Hands up. Okay, that wasn't as many as last time. But you see, when it comes to loving yourself, when I asked if someone said they love you, is that proof that they do? What did you not say? No. no. 
So if you say you love yourself, is that proof that you do? So what do you need to do to prove that you love yourself? Action. So, do you eat like you love yourself? Hmm. Like if I was to observe what you eat on a daily, weekly or monthly basis, would I be like, watching what you eat like? You love yourself, yeah? Do you eat like you love Do you move like you love yourself? Do you exercise every day? You love your body, so you move it every day, you exercise every day, you're out in the sunshine, you can find it every day, you get fresh air every day, you drink plenty of fresh water every day, because you love yourself, you know, action, yeah? Do you speak like you love yourself? Hmm, when no one's around, in your head, is it positive what you say? Is the word can't part of your vocabulary? You know, you hear people say, ah, I don't even like my job, you know. Okay, well, leave it. Nah, I can't. <laughs> but you love yourself, yeah? You do love yourself. Yeah? Do you speak like you love yourself? And do you act? Action. Do you act like you love yourself? All right, so I hope that resonated with everyone on the on this Zoom platform. Uh, appreciate everyone for giving me their attention for the last couple of minutes. My name is Leo Marshall, and that concludes the end of my presentation. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Leon. And you touched on all the, th I mean, every week, different Zoom platforms that we, that we host, we run, and health always comes up in it. You know, and as I said, when we did the Queen Stop Eating the Fridge, part one and part two, we, the spin-off from that, you know, we had the intermittent fasting challenge. So the Queen's intermittent fasting challenge in February, which we um, completed with Jojo Dash. And I've got the book. And if you can see the book. And there is so much information in the book. It's an absolute fantastic book, a good read. Um, we've actually started the March 30-day intermittent fasting challenge, which was for the Kings. And I don't know what it is, but every time we do the challenge, we just can't get men to engage. The women, they're on it. When it comes to that, comes to health, the women, you put, I mean, I've been to your events and it is, yeah, I would say predominantly women. And I don't know why men are not really engaging with their health apart from when it's a crisis or mm. it's too late to do anything. So I don't know if you have a view on that, you know, why is it we can't get the men engaged in their health? I don't they know. Don't I think care, they're not interested. They just think they look good, and they don't look good. Some of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, when it comes to um, hormonal imbalances, they're more powerful in women because um, your hormonal health determines your fertility health and that sort of stuff. So men, we don't have to go through that. So when we do have hormonal imbalances, because men do have hormonal imbalances they're not as pronounced, they're not as intense as a woman's hormonal imbalance. So women understand, um, women when their hormonals, uh, hormones are imbalanced and it affects their health, it really does truly affect them. With guys, um, I know some uh, of the panelists, I think Rudy said he's from a Jamaican background, guys from Jamaica, like we'll, we'll injure ourselves and not go doctors, you know, we're literally, twist our knee and yeah. walk it off do you get what I'm saying so that's just our mentality yeah 
and it's just so unfortunate I mean because of time constraints you know it's, it's when we talk about like you know the huge amount of black men who suffer with prostate cancer yeah. you know and all the other things that are really affecting our community and if they'd only sort of like sought help intervention etc we wouldn't lose so many of our kings so I mean I'm on a real drive to get our men especially engaged in the whole health discussion debate and really just having that sort of like key concept about looking after yourself, looking after number one. Because like you say, if you don't look after yourself, you can't go out and do whatever great works the creator has planned for you. So, yes, indeed. I thank you for that. What I'm going to do, I'm going to quickly go over to um, Nadia. If we can pick up any salient themes, any particular questions that have come up in the chat. Are you there, Nadia, my darling? Yes, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, I think I think uh, what Robin's done. A lot of people have bought the book. I mean, instantly. So that that's definitely increased the sales on there. Um, so there wasn't any direct questions apart from you know that that they've um, benefited from him highlighting uh, our history. Um, so that's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, with Derek, Derek, they wanted to know um, uh, dry scalp. Um, you know where your salon, your salon, salon is. Sorry. Um, uh, one question: the main reason for hair loss. Um, you know the balding patch in the middle of the head. One person's got a balding patch in the middle of their head. Um, and just to make sure you advertise on the platform. Um, oh, one crucial, another question: will the vaccine cause hair loss? Okay. So if I can direct that at Derek. Uh, Leon touched on all of the points regarding the health of the hair. And I often say to my clients, it's about, it's a holistic approach. It's all about what you, who you are as a person, your, your, your physiology, your, your, your mental state of mind, your spiritual state of mind, your, your physiological state of mind, I and mean, all, all that helps. Um, so balding patches is massive in our community right now. Again, back to, as Leon says, inflammation, chronic, it, 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 it's a chronic condition. It actually exacerbates hair loss. And so we find in our culture, there's something called cicatricial alopecia, where the, ball, the scalp goes bald in women particularly. And again, that is inflammation related. It can also be related to the tools that you use, uh, the hairstyles that you do. If it's, if, if, if it's tight braiding, then that's traction alopecia, and it can also damage the, the crown. If you're using too many GHDs or irons or blow dryers, the scalp also goes as well. And of course, food, the, the right food would definitely counter the problem, and of course, the right product. Hence the reason why we use Jamaican black castor oil. Um, uh, uh, in, uh, vaccination, perhaps, um, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure, but since these are pathogens and they're in the body, they will definitely do some damage. Um, so the experts uh, like Leon might perhaps want to um, uh, zoom in on that particular point with the vaccination. I, I, I'm gonna clue, the vaccination is detrimental as far as I know from, uh, from experience. Excellent, thank you. Well, the, the question for Leon um, uh, about the reduction of frying foods, um, is coconut oil better to use? Would that be more healthier to use as, as a, a tool for frying? Coconut oil has a low smoke point, which means if once the fire goes over a certain temperature, the oil goes rancid. So if you're going to cook with coconut oil, you've got to keep the fire on a low, yeah? 
So I know a lot of people who cook with coconut oil, but you want to try and keep the fire on a low because as soon as the heat goes above a certain temperature, the oil goes rancid. There are oils that have higher smoke points or higher temperatures. Avocado oil is one off the top of my head. I can't think of any others, but there are oils out there. Just look for the smoke point. You can type this into Google. Avocado oil has a higher smoke point. Um, but yeah, coconut oil you can use, just have it on a low fire. Excellent. Um, also, everyone's really asking a, a walnut oil, grapeseed, fluxseed oil. So uh, we've got a few just throwing some into the chat at the moment. Um, main thing is to um, advertise, put in your, um, your course, paying course um, on the, on the, on the pattern on the site, just get everybody up to date. I'm just quickly seeing if there's any more questions. No, that's it from me. I think we've got um, all the questions. There's just a few, everybody's just been enjoying all, all the things that everyone's been saying about, you know, uh, the International Women's Day. Thank you so much for all the panelists from everyone on the platform. Okay, so I'll pass that over to you, Joan, so that we can have some open questions, okay? Thank, Thank you, bye. So this is an opportunity for guests on the platform. If they would like to ask a question, please raise your hand, put your camera on because we like to see who we're talking to as opposed to a black screen and um, you'll be able to ask your question. So hand up, say who you are, where you're calling in from and ask your question to a panelist. Let's see if anyone's got their hand up at the moment. Galaxy X7, you have your hand up. Did you want to ask a question? Oh, Julie Kirk, Juliet Kirk. Hi, Juliet, good morning. Welcome to the platform. If you could unmute yourself. There we go. Hello, good morning, kings and queens. Um, great platform again thank you Joan thank you presenters my question is to Derek um, you mentioned before about um, hair needing um, moisture and hydration amongst other things could you explain the difference between the two please uh, yeah I mean of course uh, the, in my my range as you see the moisturizer which is which is this one it's a bit more foody and that's what you need because uh, our hair loves moisture and it drinks the moisture. It needs to be nice and thick and foody. And of course, the hydrator is a bit more liquidy. Um, but the main hydrator would be the Bohabab Mr. Killing Mist. So it's, it's just a drizzle. You drizzle this on the hair. The reason why I do this, people tend to use water. Now, water coming from the tap isn't, in my opinion, good enough. It's sometimes too hard and there's lots of pathogens, lots of things in there. Whereas this is designed uh, it, it came from the black from the bohabad plant. It has seven times more nutrients. It's a hydrator, and ideally, if you could drink more water, uh, you'll find that that's going to also go towards hydrating the hair as well. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Juliet. You're very welcome. Um, the next person who'd like to ask a question is Jackie Clark. Hello, Jackie. How are you? Welcome to the platform. If you could unmute yourself, please. Whenever you're ready, Jackie, can you hear uh, Good morning. I just wanted to ask um, Derek about hair color. 
Um, is there any safe hair color on the market um, with regards to um, black women's hair? All, sorry about that. Thank you very much. Almost impossible because colors are made from very uh, 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 the fairest products that can actually cause damage. In many cases, can cause cancer. Um, if you are, if you want to use something natural, perhaps you could use henna. Uh, but it's very difficult to find decent henna these days because most hennas are henna compounds, uh, unless you perhaps go to go to the source. Um, but but that said, there are some good colors in the market. That's uh, that argues that it's natural. If you are gonna do a color, drink lots and lots of water during and after and before the color current procedure, make sure it's a professional, but it's but, but to achieve color, you'd have to use some really difficult products, i.e. Uh, peroxide and bleach in many cases, and they are indeed damaging uh, to the hair. So it's gonna be very difficult. But if you, if you go to a professional person, that may be the safest bet. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much for that, Derek. Right, if, there's, if there are no more questions, I'm going to round this session up. So if I could ask each of our phenomenal kings on the platform this morning to a parting message. It's International Women's um, Day in a couple of days time. So what's your parting message to the queens on the platform? So I'm gonna ask Robin Walker the Black History Man, if you could kick off first, if you're still here with us, Robin. I'm still here. Yeah, the message is take the opportunity, learn your history, master your history, learn about all those great queens and ancestors uh, before you, um, and then use their example to strengthen yourself and fortify yourself. You want to know about where those examples can be found? There's the book 30 Black History Icons. We are dealing with Black uh, people that have made revolutionary contributions to world history, revolutionary achievements. And you need to know who some of those women were. So if you could please put the information again into the chat. I know a lot of people after you presented earlier instantly went and bought the book. So if you could put the information again, because we've had people join the platform since then. So that'd be really helpful. Thank you, Robin. Clive, no thank you. Clive, could you- um, Okay, yes. Uh, can I just say, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Okay, can I just say um, thank you, um, uh, Joan, and uh, uh, those who've organized this event for the, the invite to participate today. Uh, I, it's been a pleasure. To, to be part of this setting. Queens have been central to our, our advance as a community. And what I would say is that let's come together and continue our progression. As a motto of my organization, together we can achieve. I think we have to begin to live that motto as a community, uh, Queens and Kings. And for our Queens, I say, happy International Women's Day on Monday and Happiness has got to be a feature of our future. We deserve no less. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for that, Clive. Derek, what's your parting message to the Queens on the platform? Um, no more questions have come through. So what's your parting message to the Queens on the platform with International Women's Day in mind? Right, so since I'm a hairdresser, my contribution is to ensure that the Queens are being looked after with regard to the hair. The hair is actually crucial 
because it's the crown and it's the glory. With regards to oils, try to drink your oils if you possibly can. And this is an example. This is a black Jamaican castor oil. Uh, this is by us. You put this on, your, you get your little scoop like that under your tongue, into the bloodstream. It goes towards feeding the hair. If you are gonna cook with oil, make sure the oil that you cook with is, uh, since you asked the question, it's uh, oil that are prepared on with heat as opposed to oils that are cold pressed. Cold, you can't, you can't cook with, you can't cook with cold press oil, right? On, but, but, but if it's oil that are ma made on the heat, i.e. coconut, then that's a safer bet. And as Leon says, make sure the temperature is right because uh, the, more heat you the more heat you add to it, it's going to go rancid. Thank you very much for that, Derek. Rudy, Rudy Page, what is your passing message to the Queens on the platform? To the Queens. Yes. To the Queens. Empower each other and work together. We're in a time of change and trans transition. Seize the opportunities because this is a time where leaders become followers and followers become leaders. I was at the end of your message. All oh, right, okay. I thought you had a bit more for us. <laughs> Thank you very much. So you heard it here. Leaders become followers and followers become leaders. So let that resonate, Queens. Hugh, your party message for the Queens on the platform, please. International Women's Day on Monday, um, 21st century, 2021, the gender war is over. It's cooperation over conflict. We love it when you take care of what's on your crown, but we also like when you take care of what's inside your head. So self-care is over, um, self-care over everything, all things are mental and um, just honor to the, to the mothers of civilization. Thank you very much for that, Hugh. Leon, what is your passing, parting message to the phenomenal queens on this platform? I'd say women, queens, you need to understand you are the first teachers of the next generation. The first teachers. You give the children instructions before anyone does. Going and linking it back to health and hormones. When you're breastfeeding your children, you're giving your children hormones through the breast. So you're giving your children instructions when you're breastfeeding them, yeah? Those instructions help to build their immune system. That's why it's so important to breastfeed and that's you actually giving instructions to your children before you even open up your mouth to them and start giving them proper instructions. So you are the first teachers. And because of that, you need to take care of your health, and start learning how your body works from a black perspective. So you can pass that on to the next generation. Mm, that's great. Thank you very much for that, Leon. So since we don't have any more questions in the chat, which is very unusual, let's wrap this session up. Can I thank all my presenters for being on the platform this morning? You've all been absolutely amazing from all different perspectives, enlightening, uplifting us as Queens. We are Queens, you know, all the presenters in one, one way or another has really pushed the message through. Yeah. Love yourself is key. Live a healthy lifestyle, spiritually, mentally, physically. So I hope you all have, the Queens on the platform, I hope you all have a fantastic International 
Women's Day, however you're going to be celebrating it. And, you know, be courageous, be resilient, learn your history, eat well. There are so many components, have that holistic approach and you can be the rising stars coming out of this pandemic. You know, so whatever idea you have, you know, whether it be a business idea or to, you know, run a project, to do something, because we all have purpose and it's about living your purpose. So I really wish you all a fantastic international um, Women's Day, however you celebrate. And it was so important to have the kings on the platform to really kind of drop those gems into us, you know, and to let us, to let you all know that you're not alone. You know, the kings, the men are behind us and they are lifting us up. And women in turn must do the same. Lift up our kings, yeah, shout from the rafters, encourage them because it is a reciprocal relationship. So I want to wish you all a fantastic Saturday. Have a good day, everybody. And thank all the presenters. You rocked as always, amazing on the platform. And I'm hoping we can do a part two. Thank you, everybody. And if all the presenters could please put their contact details into the chat, because I know people are going to be, um, we'll save the chat at the, at the end and go back and um, make contact with all of you um, one, way, one way or another. Yeah, so thank you all very, very much before I end the meeting. And I can see loads going into the chat. People have really, really enjoyed the session. It's been, it's been fantastic. I can see excellent and they're thanking, thanking us. And just to um, emphasize again, we are predominantly a walking group. So um, if you want to hear about Future Queen walking group events via Zoom, please follow us on Eventbrite. Um, this recording, and there are lots of other recordings already up on our YouTube channel, which is the Queen 2020 um, lockdown series. So you'll find Queen's Black Hair Rocks, Queen's It's Only the, uh, I mean, it, We Ain't Crazy, It's Only the Menopause, Queen Stop Eating the Fridge. There's a whole raft of different Zooms already uploaded onto the platform. So please check us out, like, subscribe, share, comment. That would be appreciated. Share the recordings with your friends and family. A lot of good information in all, in all of the Zooms and all the different topics that we've done. So thank you all very, very much. Hopefully everybody's posted their contact details into the chat. You've posted your contact details again, Robin, in regards to the book. Fantastic. Clive, you've posted your details. Derek, Rudy, Hugh, Leon. Everybody's posted their contact details. Fantastic. Have a wonderful Saturday, everybody.